Welcome to the Well Woman Show. Each episode is a transformational journey using mindfulness, feminism, leadership, and strategy to support you to thrive personally, generate wealth, and impact your community. I still remember a colleague of mine saying to me, Erica, I want to be the person you believe I can be. And I still remember that. And I think it was at that moment that I was like, that's what I'm good at. And now, here's your host, feminist thought leader, London School of Economics grad, leadership consultant and transformational coach Giovanna Rossi. Hello, hello, well women. I'm excited to introduce our guest today. We're doing a show all about leadership and we're having Dr. Erica Barrera Volkers on the show. She not only has been the Dean of the School of Communication, Humanities and Social Sciences at Central New Mexico Community College for the past seven years, She also is on a one-year fellowship researching and facilitating dialogue to reimagine higher education in ways that will better prepare us for the future of work and life in the age of the fourth industrial revolution. How awesome is that? I love it. We had a great conversation. And as you know, on the Well Woman Show, we, you know, we cover the whole gamut, the all of the stuff, the personal and the professional. But there was a thread that ran through our interview about leadership. So I and I did add on on the end of the show, some commentary and insights of my own about leadership. And so definitely stay tuned through to the end for that. And I hope you enjoy the show. Here's my interview with Dr. Erica Barrera Volkers. I'm speaking with Erica Barrera Volkers today. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. I'm so glad to have you here. Erica, I want to start by asking you, who are you in the world today? So the first thing that comes to mind is my profession, because I'm passionate about that. I would identify as a community college advocate and leader. And I think I am my mother's daughter. I am a new wife. I am also a new stepmom. I am passionate about um, making a difference in our community. I love being a New Mexican. And um, and I think I really strive to lead my life authentically. Mm. Now, let's dig into that a little bit. I want to just ask you, what does that mean for you to live your life authentically? I've really had a unique opportunity, I think, in stepping into uh, a role of a dean of a liberal arts college in which there was a very traditional figure associated with that, the white older male. Um, I followed um, into that pathway from a unique place and really had to think about how do I bring my true self to this role, Um, thinking that perhaps who I was might not resonate with what people generally expected in a leader of a liberal arts um, college. And I... One of the things that has always been a part of who I am is play and having fun and sense of humor. And so I really started developing this idea of who is my authentic self and how do I connect with the 400 plus people that I work with in um, building culture. And so I did that by revealing who I am. Um, I did it through a series of emails that I send every two weeks, and it would contain a story of my 
childhood. It might have a funny picture. It might be a story of something that had happened to me with my family that went horribly wrong <laughs> and the lesson that I learned from it. And I found that the more I showed up in terms of who I was, the more people responded. They were, I think people wanted to connect with me through those stories. And then it built, built my ability to connect with them in other ways. Yeah, I love that because as women leaders stepping into, like you said, traditional roles that um, people may not be used to seeing a woman in, or certainly maybe it's the first time it's happened, there is this sense I get from women that it's a little scary to really be who they are. And I know definitely early in my career, I was terrified to be who I was in a role. I thought I had to pretend to be someone else. Yeah. I remember the first the first semester I was in the role, um, I was trying to think of a creative way to engage faculty in, in um, meeting a deadline. And I ended up doing a series of photos. It was around the holiday season in which I was first uh, dressed up with a row of Christmas lights. And then the next photo was with a tinsel hat. And then the next <laughs> photo was I had little Christmas balls hanging on me. And then the next photo was more lights. And in the end, I was doing a, a dance. And I sent this out to everybody as they were, as we got closer and closer to the deadline, they got each series in the photo. And I was breathless every time I hit the send button because I'm like, okay, they're going to think either I'm really, really crazy or they're going to have fun. And we had fun. <laughs> and they met the deadline. And they met the deadline. Presumably. <laughs> <laughs> they did. <laughs> so that's that's really inspiring because you're able to, well, you're able to inspire other people to, to take action and to um, work collaboratively with you. It's. I really like the way you frame that because I think at the core, um, that is what I do, is is really helping to figure out how do I inspire people to, to show up, to do their best work, and to work collectively towards a common mission. So that's a great segue into the next question, which is what are you working on right now in your role, and how does it impact women's lives in particular? I am in a transition uh, space in my workplace. So I have been uh, an academic dean, and a lot of the work that I do at our college is really um, engaging faculty uh, in our mission of work. And I think uh, in that, I have been, over the last two years, fairly intentional uh, in a couple of ways about how my work impacts women. And I think one of those ways is really looking for talented women that have an interest in leadership and creating opportunities to bring them to the table, to mentor them. So I have relationships that I've built intentionally to support other women advancing their career at our institution. I'm also involved in college-wide initiatives. Uh, we're we were, I was chairing a team that is looking at how do we better support student parents um, mm -hmm. and families um, in our organization and how when we bring those supports, um, oftentimes we are supporting um, predominantly women as primary childcare um, providers uh, when we can help uh, student parents figure out and navigate the challenges of 
of balancing or integrating their work, their school, and being a parent, uh, we create an environment, I think, that nurtures the possibility for women to um, achieve uh, more successfully. Yeah, and actually, as we heard in the introduction, you, the, the institution that you're talking about is the Central New Mexico Community College. Correct. Um, and you are mostly, I mean, you your job that what you described is so big. It is. Um, but I, I do want to pick up on what you were just describing in terms of supporting women to thrive in the workplace and, and as students, because um, CNM is actually a family-friendly business awardee. It is. Yeah, yes. that's my other hat that I, I wear with the nonprofit initiative that supports businesses to adopt workplace policies mm-hmm. that are family-friendly. And CNM has that. Um, and and so you work on those initiatives both to support students, but also to support your faculty. Yeah, that's correct. So, and and I mentioned that I'm transitioning into a new role, um, which will connect to this. Uh, I am currently on a fellowship for CNM in which I am exploring the topic of the future of work and learning, and what are the implications of that for our institution. And it's been really fascinating for me to see the intersections of some of the work that I was doing around family-friendly environments and how do we support student parents and what is the future of work um, for example there's you know trends around organizations needing to figure out how do we better support um, flexible scheduling remote work um, and when we can figure those things out for our organizations um, I believe that that's a space in which we also create more equitable access to women because, again, oftentimes they're the primary caregivers. And so if they have flexibility in their schedule and that doesn't become the barrier to having to be a certain eight to five person in order uh, to be a leader at an institution or um, to advance your career, uh, those types of um, phenomena the technologies that we can use to connect to each other uh, really, I think, are going to create more space for uh, women in their professional careers. Yeah, absolutely. So you are focused on the future of work. What does that mean right now? I, I know that's a whole thing. And so what are you, what are you diving into there? It, it is a whole thing. Um, and in fact, it's it's so big right now that it's overwhelming. There are so many um, uh, trends and uh, scenarios forecasting that, that folks are doing. And of course, I'm really looking at this in the context of what are the implications for higher education. Uh, I really believe that higher education is in the same place that the newspaper publication industry was a few years ago, right? We're, we're in this space that will truly transform what it is we have always associated with the experience of going to college. Um, And so we're looking at what is the impacts of artificial intelligence on um, learning. Uh, We know, uh, you know, we already have um, artificial intelligence that is quite successfully being used to design learning experiences. And what are the implications of that as it grows more and more 
more sophisticated? What is the role of a faculty when all of the information out there can be, um, you know, can be accessed by any individual? So then what are the implications of that as a role of faculty? Uh, the, the acceleration, um, the change acceleration rate is something that a lot of people are talking about in terms of our ability to continually reinvent mm. ourselves in ways that keep us relevant, up to date. Um, a student, you know, 20 years ago, if you earned a welding certificate, you could have a 30 year career based on the knowledge of that certificate with some updates. Today, maybe that certificate is good for five years, right? The right. knowledge is evolving so quickly in the technology that this idea that you can just go to college once and be done and then the rest of mm. your career flourishes from that is really an artifact of a time that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. And um, and then and then there's a lot of interesting um, opportunities as well as uh uh, conversations that are going to need to happen around uh, it, as as more and more employers are realizing this as well, and they are taking on um, a more rigorous role in employee training. Um, you know, what's the relationship of that to post secondary experiences? You know, Amazon just uh, obviously not too long ago announced that they are going to be you know training, offering a, a pseudo college experience for. Um, their employees. And so mm -hmm. what are the implications of um, corporations like Amazon taking on um, these types of trainings? Okay. And so I'm speaking with Erica Barrero-Volkers, and we're talking about her role at CNM, Central New Mexico Community College, and her new fellowship, um, which she's going to be focusing on the future of work. And we'll be right back. I'm so thankful for support from Natural Awakenings Magazine in New Mexico, a monthly green healthy lifestyle publication, and for support from High Desert Yoga, promoting optimum physical health, clarity of mind, and spiritual inspiration for all. Many of you have followed my journey from consulting to women's leadership and empowerment, starting a nonprofit, raising two kids, and everything in between. I've really taken some time this year to focus in on where I can help the most women with their own desire to create social impact and also a good income for themselves and their families. As my consulting and coaching practice is growing, I found that one of my favorite things to do is the free discovery sessions. I love hearing about people's passions for the work Work they do, sharing what I do, and helping people understand what my hybrid consulting coaching is all about. Hint, hint, serious strategy plus spacious mindset. So if you find yourself worrying about whether you'll ever make it in the thing you're pursuing, or waking up in the middle of the night anxious about money, lacking energy you need to get everything done, or procrastinating on moving forward with projects and tasks, or even if you're in a leadership role, but you're second guessing yourself and not getting things done, I'd love to talk to you. These conversations help me get clear on how I can help more leaders create the impacts and income they want so they can start living with ease and joy. Plus, you'll get a free hour with me to get crystal clear on what you want to create for your company or organization and your life and what's been holding you back. 
So if you're interested, you can book a call at wellwomanlife.com slash learn more. We're back on the Well Woman Show with Erica Barrera Volkers, and we're heading into this segment called Superpowers for Success. I'm going to ask you a few quick questions that will help listeners really learn more about your and take advantage of your wisdom and your lessons in from your life. So the first question I have is, what does success in life mean for you? I think success in life means that I have um, successfully built other people up, that I've supported them, discovering their talent, in leveraging their talent, in using their talent to make a difference in our community. And you are doing that both at work and at home now, it sounds like. I am. It has been an interesting journey. I, You know, I started my career as a middle high school uh, educator, and I love that age. And that's the age I've got an 11-year-old and a 13-year-old uh, that, um, that I am now co-parenting uh, and teaching and um it's it's fun. I think I have the perspective of knowing developmentally what middle schoolers are like, and I'm I'm able to distance myself emotionally from bratty behavior or uh, behavior that you know just might make you frustrated and angry. And and so yeah, I definitely am enjoying the role of being a role model, being a cheerleader, um, being helping my husband figure out why middle schoolers do the things that they do, <laughs> <laughs> which sometimes you just shrug shoulders and say, you don't know. (laughs) There's no answers. Um, Okay, so you have been talking a lot on the show so far about uh, this sort of role that you play as a leader, really, and supporting and facilitating others to be successful. Um, When did you know you were really good at that? I think that I still remember a colleague of mine saying to me, Erica, I want to be the person you believe I can be. And I still remember that. And I think it was at that moment that I was like, that's what I'm good at. I think I enjoy people and I believe everybody has talents and I um, really thrive in that idea of matching talent with opportunity and that was the highest compliment I think that I've you know received. Mm. Okay, and Erica, can you describe a personal habit that contributes to your own well-being so you can do and be all of this in the world? Like many of us, there's a lot of noise in our day-to-day life, and I have discovered that something that is absolutely essential to me is having dedicated alone time, um, which has become a new challenge in my life with three other people. Uh, And so really working with the family to um, clear out the house on a Sunday morning so I can just be in that space alone. And it's interesting that it's not just quiet. Mm -hmm. It's having no one in the house there's something about not being on for Mm -hmm. anyone and knowing that there's not going to be anything that comes at you in that space and really just enjoying the peace of that yes that's so important and um Sometimes I refer to that as white space. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just you can, or even like meditative space. You don't have to be sitting on a cushion actually meditating, but it's that 
that sort of white space where you don't have to interact with anyone. Nobody needs anything from you. Um, And so, yeah. So what do you do when you're in that alone space? (laughs) Are you like... Well, sometimes it's just reading a good book. Uh, Sometimes it is working on something that's inspirational to me, that I need that white space to be creative. Uh, Sometimes it is just... uh, sitting outside on my patio with my two dogs and enjoying the lovely New Mexico environment. Yeah. Okay. So what superpower did you discover you had only to realize it was there all the time? I just used an app that that you can actually go through this sorting exercise and get to what is your superpower? And it affirmed one of my superpowers, which is, um, I think one of the superpowers I have is um, vision. I am someone who hears ideas, and I can see the possibilities in where those ideas can go. And Mm -hmm. so I love hearing projects and ideas that people have. And I think I'm good at, in conversation, helping take those ideas and make them bigger and see the vision of that and then also see how you motivate people to get to that vision. Yeah, and you it seems like maybe this has been something you've always had. I, you know... Perhaps it started, my mom loves to tell the story of when the first day of school I had to get on the bus, the first thing I did was tell the bus driver, I have a way for you to go to get me home so that I'm home at the time I wanted to be home. And so, you know, I had a vision. (laughs) And even as a kindergartner, I was working my magic to motivate others to help me get to that vision. (laughs) That's awesome. That's a great story. Um, And what advice would you give your younger self, say, 25-year-old self? My younger self wouldn't have listened to advice, um, Mm -hmm. which is probably the advice I would give my younger self. Um, I... I think it is only recently that I have really sought out people that are going to hold a mirror up to me. I think it's really hard to face feedback, honest feedback and critical feedback from people who love and care about you. And um, and I've realized how important it is to seek out people that are going to give that to you. And um, I would tell my 25-year-old self to find more of those people earlier mm. in her life. Oh, I love that. Okay. And Erica, do you identify as a feminist? Absolutely. I, um, you know, it's interesting because it's probably not something that um, I identified with in uh, my earlier years, I think I was, I, I identify, uh, currently I like to use the term, I'm working on being an equity warrior. Uh, and I think that I was always had an orientation and uh, around social justice, but my identity as a woman never really um, came into play until I was in my early 40s and I started reading um 
books around women and leadership and um, really felt that women had something special to offer. And it re- and it so it resonated me with me in this way that it was this very asset-based approach to what the talents and strengths that women have that they can bring to leadership. And I fell into feminism through mm. that lens. Mm. Okay. And what makes a good leader? Um, well, I think a, a good leader, first and foremost, um, must lead for the benefit of others in improving people's lives. I think we have a commitment to use our power and privilege to ensure that we are doing everything we can to bring uh, people to the table that have been historically um, underserved and marginalized. I believe that good leadership is about leading authentically. I believe that good leadership is about care, an ethic of care for the people who you're serving. And um, I believe that good leadership uh, is an ongoing journey. Mm, Yes, absolutely. And Erica, last question for you. What are you reading right now? What's on your nightstand? I am, well, I'm reading about 10 things, but uh, I am reading uh, Thomas Friedman's uh, Thank You, uh, Thank You for Being Late. Uh, I am also reading or actually listening to Hero of a Thousand Faces and um, How to Be an Anti-Racist. Okay, great. We'll add that to our book club list for the Well Woman Book Club. And um, you can find out more about Erica and her work and the book club and all the information that we talked about today at wellwomanlife.com slash podcast. Erica, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I've been speaking with Dr. Erica Barrero-Volkers, who's on a one-year fellowship researching and facilitating dialogue to reimagine higher education in ways that will better prepare us for the future of work and life. I love it. So I want to finish out the show here today with my tips and insights on leadership. Leadership, leadership success and personal growth are very intertwined. And so wherever you are on your personal growth journey, it's likely had an impact on your leadership. So what do we mean by leadership on the Well Woman Show? We really define that very broadly. So it's not what some people think of when they think of a leader, like a CEO or a political figure. We're really talking about everyone as a leader, right? Really stepping into your own personal leadership and taking that into your professional life as well. And getting real and honest with yourself really helps when you are a leader or stepping into your leadership. So we're going to talk about that a little bit here today. I'm going to share five tips that I use in my personal and professional life. And I really use these, like really try to use these on a, on a daily basis. And they've helped me a lot to accomplish what I've accomplished in my life. And w- the first one is honesty. So being honest with yourself and others about the work you're doing and why you're doing it. And it sounds kind of easy, right? Oh, yeah, being honest with yourself and others. Um, and then actually, when you when you really dig into it, it, it can be challenging because what we know to be true is often not aligned with what we say and do. And so aligning those two things is about honesty and being honest and truthful with ourselves and with others. And also um, authenticity, which Dr. Barrera-Volkers talked about, being who you are, 
not trying to be what you think you should be or what you think a leader should be. And many times we as women are challenged with this because we're taught uh, from a very male-centered model about leadership. And we tend to think that we need to replicate those skills or styles of leadership. And actually, uh, what we're saying here on the Well Woman Show is no, you don't, you can be you and be a great leader. In fact, you can be a better leader by being you. And being you means really wholly, fully embracing who you are, whether it's the quirky things in your past, or your your feminine attributes, whatever it is, it's bringing those with you and letting them shine and letting them support your leadership. And also part of this first tip, we're still on the first tip here is um, listening to yourself, right? So really listening in, in order to align the truth of who you are with what you say and do. Okay, number two is give. Be of service, be a mentor, mentor someone, nominate someone for an award, provide leadership opportunities for those you work with, give more than you ask. So that that is a great quality of leadership that, that I try to do as well. Number three, follow through. Do what you say you're going to do. And don't say you'll do what you're not going to do, right? It's very simple, but it's um, a challenge to really stick to this one. So that's number three, follow through. Number four, know your skills and tools. Know and use the tools in your toolbox. So really take a look at your skill set. Ask for input from friends and family. You can do any number of skills surveys and really, you know, really get to know like what, what are your skills? And it may be that you've got great skills that you are not using. So you want to do that. It's almost like an inventory of your skills and tools. And number five, don't take yourself too seriously. And I say this, I say this very seriously. Um, really don't take yourself too seriously. It, you know, we're all in this game, uh, which is life. And we're all trying to do our best. Hopefully we are all trying to do our best. And we can be a little more lighthearted about things, I think. Uh, And, you know, really look at what's what's really important here um, and, and not take things too seriously. So those are my five quick tips on leadership for you at the end of the show, closing out the show with Dr. Erica Barrera Volkers. And many of you know about my own journey of leadership, uh, my my journey from consulting to women's leadership and empowerment, creating this radio show, which is now on NPR, starting a nonprofit, raising two kids and everything else in between. And I've really taken some time this year to focus in on how I can support the most women in this community with your own desire to create create social impact, and also a good income for yourself and your families. So if you're interested in that, in my work to support women to to really grow and flourish as leaders and um, enjoy life, uh, email me info at wellwomanlife.com. And I'd love to talk to you about it. That's it for our show today. Remember, if you need support to live your well woman life, head over to wellwomanlife.com slash Facebook to join our community. As a reminder, we are on NPR every week. So be sure to tune in at npr.org slash podcasts and search for the well woman show. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a moment and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review. This helps raise visibility, which is super helpful when it comes to producing the show every week. For feedback, comments, or just 
this to let me know you were listening, find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Well Woman Life. I'm Giovanna Rossi for The Well Woman Show. Until next time, have a super powerful week.